Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to Navigating Preteen Ministry. My name is Sammy. As always, I am very glad to be here. We just came out of um, that whole big cold weather thing that some of you guys are probably still in right now. We are in Georgia here, and so we literally just caught like the tail end of it as opposed to the rest of the country. And while it's probably not fun, I would not have minded some snow down here in Georgia because that's a rare occurrence. Anyways, we are going to jump into today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Today we are talking about culture, specifically your volunteer culture, because it is vital. And so I wanted to talk about some orientations towards your volunteer culture. That's the worst um, thing I could have said. So we wanted to talk about five points, not my points, um, that your culture should look like. Five areas where you can grow your volunteer culture. But for that, before we dive in, I wanted to jump into this week's shout out, and that is going to go to Kids Matter Pro, because Kids Matter Pro is probably one of the best deals out there for anyone in kids slash preteen ministry. It is wonderful. It is a subscription month-to-month based service, and you uh, basically get like three times the amount of money's worth of things that you pay for. So it's $20 a month. And you're going to get a subscription to Kids Matter Magazine. You're going to get free downloads. You're going to get exclusive content. And uh, rumors on the street is that you're going to have your own section at Megacon happening later this year. It is pretty phenomenal. It's only 20 bucks, and you're getting like tons more than that. So go for it, especially if you're not subscribed to the Kids Matter Magazine. All of that stuff does... It's just super great. I literally look forward to the Kids Matter Magazine every single time it comes out now. And... I encourage you guys to jump on that offer. It's a good one. So, don't forget, I'll have the link down below. Kids Matter Pro. Now, for this week's story, it pretty much ties into culture, but um, in a different way. Uh, This past week, I went to Walmart. I got myself a little Keurig. I got myself some coffee and some morning snacks. um, And I appreciate my volunteers. Uh, the Keurig was used. It was like 10 bucks. The coffee and the snacks were like 30 so I spent about $40. Um, and basically, my entire team now knows that they're appreciated. Um, and it's simple stuff like that, especially in the COVID. Um, I, I can't imagine that anybody hasn't gone through some sort of budget cut. Um, but the COVID cut that just hit everybody, budget is tight. And so... Appreciating volunteers is hard. Me and uh, one of the coworkers were just lamenting today that our volunteer appreciation budget was slashed, and it's like, oh, it's so hard to not appreciate them. So find ways that you can appreciate your whole team um, that are that are low cost. Um, it helps build the culture, which we're talking about, and it helps show that they're appreciated. And so um, make sure that you're doing things like that for your team because they don't get paid. Um, we have the blessing being able to minister and get paid. And, and these volunteers, though not working as much, are just as invested as we are. And so appreciating them is vital. So with that, let's jump into how appreciation 
fits into the culture of our volunteers. So I've got five points, like I said, and we're diving into the five points of volunteer cultures and what you want in your volunteer cultures. Now, this is um, broad stuff, okay? This is ministry. This is not preteen ministry specific. This is any ministry, kids ministry, youth ministry, uh, discipleship ministry, whatever, but they are great points, and so they are important to go over, and I hope that you guys can glean some things out of this. So point number one, right? You want your team's culture uh, to know your vision, okay? You want a culture where your vision for the ministry is clear, okay? I've talked several times now at this point about my vision for my team and my ministry, and that is relationships, three tiers of those, parents, team, and students, okay? My volunteers have been hearing that a lot, right? When you're tired of hearing your vision, your team is just starting to get your vision, okay? So repetition, reinforcement, and living out that vision is vital. So like I said in my story, I uh, just bought some breakfast things for my volunteers because I told them I want to build relationships. And so I want to encourage them uh, to go out of their way to build those relationships. I want to give them a reason to come into Sundays early and grab a cup of coffee and some donuts. I want them to have a reason to, um, you know, whatever it is. I want to show them that relationships are important. So that's one thing I'm going to do. But you want a culture where your vision is clear because when it's not clear, you're going to have 15 different people thinking they're serving for 15 different reasons. My volunteers are going to know that they are serving this year to build relationships. That is their goal. That is their focus. How they do that, we'll get into that later, but the main focus is relationships, okay? So repeat those relationships. Go over them. When you're tired of hearing it, people are just starting to get it. So continue that repetition. Build upon it. Uh, because the biggest um, mistake I see in vision casting, and it's mostly personal experience because I'm not very good with it, is not repeating it, okay? Getting distracted. I'm so multifocused that I won't even remember to cast a vision or won't remember what my vision was or to talk about it in two or three weeks. That vision is dead. And so if I'm not willing to repeat it and not willing to remember it, then my vision doesn't matter. So make sure you have a culture where your vision is clear. Point number two, you want a culture that is about relationships, not results, okay? Um, especially if you are in a larger church, um, results can tend to be the orientation. Numbers, attendance, baptisms, um, whatever it is. It's easy to get stuck on the results, you know? Did you finish this month's lesson? Did you finish this week's Bible verse? Whatever. But something I've been challenged on and I've been challenging my volunteers is to build relationships, not get through my material, right? So you want leaders to be bought into the vision, okay? So that goes back to point one. You want them bought into the vision and you want them to carry that vision out. So you want your So you want your leaders to be bought into the vision, okay? So in order to build that relationship, they need to share that vision uh, that we talked about in the first point. 
Um, and if they're not willing to, you know, buy into the vision, then uh, it, it's hard to build that relationship, okay? Now, for me, in my example, my vision is relationships, so great, great, I'm off to a great start. But say your vision is expanding your ministry to more schools. Um, if if they aren't willing to, to dive into expanding that, then then the relationship aspect of that is going to be difficult to grow with them, right? Um, and within the the culture of your team, you want um, the relationships to be natural. Uh, it's easy to have like a, a boss-coworker relationship and volunteer, and that's not something that I want as a minister. I don't want them to report to their boss when they come in so- on Sundays. I want them to join and link arms with a fellow minister as we seek out the well-being of students, okay? So there's some ways that we can do that, right? Um, first, we want them to know that their well-being is just important as the ministry, okay? So if my volunteers need a Sunday off, if my volunteers need to go on vacation with their family, if my volunteers are going on a school trip, whatever it is, I want them to know that that is always okay, okay? When I first started volunteering, uh, the ministry I was in had some pretty crazy requirements. They wanted me to meet with every student in my small group at least once a month. They wanted me meeting weekly with students. They wanted me attending sporting events. And me, as a 18-year-old fresh in college who had not had experience like that, that was overwhelming to me. That didn't seem welcoming. And the way it was presented to me was almost uh, a requirement, almost like this needs to be done or uh, we're going to have an issue. And so that is not something that I want to convey to my volunteers. I want them to know, hey, we're building relationships this year. But I don't expect you to do the same things that I do because you don't get paid for that. You're not. That's not your well-being. That's not your life. You have a family. You have kids. You have school. You have work. Whatever it is, that's not your role. What I do want them to do is to seek out ways to do that. Once a month, go watch a student's game. Uh, Once a week, text a student if that's what you can do or text a parent or whatever. But I want them to know that their well-being is important as ministry, okay? So in building this culture of relationships, not results, there's a few key things that you can do as well along the lines of uh, relationships, and that is uh, shared experiences. So the uh, podcast that uh, I recommended last week, I think, the Watermark Leadership Podcast or the Church Leadership Podcast Um, by Watermark Church, is wonderful at talking about um, team culture and all of that. And one thing that they say for your volunteer team is to uh, grow shared experiences. And you all know what I'm talking about. Um, It's those things that you did with a group that you'd have to be there to get, right? You know, going to Waffle House at 1 a.m., or driving up to a lake and hanging out there for the day, or spending a weekend on the beach, or whatever it is, create shared experiences, because that is what a volunteer will remember, that will build your culture, build relationships, okay? So you want a volunteer group that isn't afraid to have fun, and this is where we get to get preteen specific, because you want a volunteer group that enjoys having fun, okay? You don't want a bunch of sticklers. You don't want a bunch of 
um, people who aren't into goofing off, right? Now, some of those people are great, right? There's different personalities, different kids, and so everyone connects. But you want a general team as a preteen minister that is fun and energetic. That's why I love high school and college students. Um, you need people who are willing to be fun, okay? And so that grows the relationship, shared experiences, fun, um, energy, excitement. You want people to feel open and able to enjoy themselves. So point one and two, let's go over. You want a culture where your vision is clear. You want a culture that is about relationships and not just results, okay? Number three is you want a culture where critiquing questions and ideas are able to flow freely, okay? We, as human beings, are inherently biased towards ourselves, okay? So our ministry is going to be rolling great in our eyes, right? Nine times out of ten, we're going to be flowing well. And the reality is there's going to be issues that may be curating under the surface that we need to focus on, okay? And we need other influences. So that's why you want a team and a culture that is able to point that out, okay? I never want my volunteers to feel afraid to speak up. And it's a culture that I am still working on right now. It's something that I'm still building but I want feedback and I want openness and I want the ability to say, hey, Sam, why do we do that? So that I can explain, they can throw out ideas, and we can grow as a community, okay? Volunteers should feel safe to express themselves in your ministry. So once again, you want a culture where critiquing and questions and ideas flow freely. Without that, you have a one-sided culture and you have a one-sided ministry where just your personality, just your views, and just your vision gets cast. And that ends up excluding a lot of people, a lot of students, a lot of volunteers, and it can lead to a very one-sided uh, ministry that you want to avoid. So make sure that you are allowing volunteers to share their ideas and thoughts and questions. Point number three, now jumping into point Number four, you want a culture of development, not delegation. Don't you like these alliterations today? I feel like they're very good. Thank you. You want a culture of development, not delegation. So what does that mean? You want a culture where leaders, volunteers are being developed and not just given tasks. So I have several volunteers right now who I want to develop into large group leaders. I want them to be able to host games. I want them to be able to tell the story. I want them to be comfortable on stage in front of a group of preteens, okay? Now, there's two sides to this coin. I need volunteers to do that because I can't teach and lead the game and lead worship every single uh, week, right? That's just not how ministry works. Students would get bored, I would get tired, etc. So I need them, right? I need to delegate that task. But I don't want to stop there. I want to develop them as leaders, okay? So we have pre-programmed materials. We have uh, orange, if you know what that is. It's the curriculum. I could just give my volunteers that sheet, right? I could give them the script for the week and say, here you go, good luck. And then they can speak and I can say, great job. And that's it. And then give them another one and say, great job. And that's it. But that's not developing leaders. That's delegating a task. When you are developing leaders, it should take time. If I am bringing in a new uh, large group host who is playing games and introing the message, 
that's going to take time out of my day. I should meet with them before they do it. I should pay attention when they do it, okay? I never want to be out of service when they're hosting or communicating for the first time. So I need to be there. And I should meet with them after. I should catch up with them. I should give them feedback and let them know where they can grow, okay? Uh, if you don't do that, then you're just delegating. And so then you're going to end up having volunteers who are in your ministry and they're not growing. They're just stagnant. And you never want that. One of the biggest encouragements I got when giving out my ministry review was that people were saying that they felt they were growing in their spirit, right? They feel like spiritually they were growing. And that ties into point number five, okay? So point number five is you want a culture centered on Christ. It sounds obvious, but it is easy to have a volunteer culture where uh, you have all four other points, right? You have fun, you have a vision, you have relationships, you're developing leaders, but you miss that Christ-centered core. And so you might be teaching Sunday school, you might be you know, teaching students, but your leaders are not growing in their faith. And like I said, um, I had several volunteers say that they their favorite part about my ministry was that they were able to grow in their faith. And so you want a culture centered around Christ. You want a culture where uh, accountability is there, right? That you are keeping check on your people, that they are growing in Christ and they are seeking Christ, right? You want a culture where um, people feel safe to uh, talk about their needs, where um, prayer requests are not just stated in a circle, but prayed for and intentionally um, sought after. Um, one thing that I want to start doing more is following up with those people, right? We have a section each morning where I ask my volunteers, hey, how can we pray for you? And I pray for them, but I don't ever follow up. And so following up with that is just another step in in centering your uh, ministry in your culture around Christ. So let's jump through those five points real quick one more time and we'll be out of here. Point number one is I want a culture where my vision is clear. Without that, then our culture doesn't have a culture. It's a hodgepodge. It's a mess. So you want a clear vision for your culture. Point number two, you want a culture that is about relationships, not results. You want leaders bought into the vision. You want them uh, prioritizing their well-being. And you want them to have shared experiences, have fun, and feel open in your ministry. Number three is you want a culture where critiquing questions and ideas flow freely. You want a culture where it's okay to ask a question. It's okay to give critique. It's okay to have ideas. Point number four, you want a culture of development, not delegation. Your leaders should be growing. There should be upward mobility in these leaders. A leader that you've had for a year should be able to do more than when they started. And lastly, you want a culture centered around Christ. Because at the end of the day, that is what everything we do is about. And if we do not have a culture where they are growing in Christ, then our ministry is a failure. So, those are the five points. I hope that was helpful for you guys. It kind of gives you an idea on what you can circle your culture around. So, with that, 
Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you guys next week or later. Some bonus content for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you also want a culture where you get interrupted while recording a podcast. So here it is. Hey guys, welcome to the Navigating Preteen Podcast. How am I saying? My name's Sam Bean. Can't do it fast enough. Oh, dude. <laughs> I just noticed. This is the best I've got.